Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Rewatchability. We are the podcast where we rewatch old movies and TV shows to see if they hold up over time. My name is Blaine Waters. With me, as always, is Robert Larone and Jim McNabb. And joining us this week is Johnny Walker. Hey, Johnny's back. Hi. <laughs> it's been a long time. What was the last movie you came on for? I think it was The Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, right. right. That's a while ago. Yeah. That was a while ago. Yeah, yeah. But a while ago. We, we get tweets every now and then being like, hey, what happened to Johnny? Yeah, people like your voice. It's a very soothing voice. Why, thank you. <laughs> Never had any complaints. <laughs> <laughs> and we've also had a lot of a lot of requests for the movie we're about to do. Yes, uh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, so, and rightly so. Yeah, so we're about to we're about to talk uh, about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street two. Uh, Freddy's revenge. Oh my God! Yeah. Right, he's, he's getting revenge, revenge on a bunch of kids he's never met before. It's misdirected yeah. revenge for sure. <laughs> yeah, like years after whatever happened before happened. Uh, or I buddy. think maybe like this is like a step in his plan for revenge. Like first he's got to like take over this kid, and then he's gonna get revenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. There, there's a bootstrap phenomenon here. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get into this, but the only continuity between the movies is like the house on Elm Street. Yes. So it's like Freddy comes back and is like. Hey, the family that like helped murder me still live here? No. Nah, you're close enough. It's more like poltergeist. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I just hate people who buy houses. Uh, But before we begin, I can't afford to rent. Before we begin to talk about that, we want to thank our sponsor, HelloFresh. And we want to thank our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much for donating $1 to $3 to $5 a month to keep the lights on here at Rewatchability. You keep the nightmares away. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Freddy Krueger from killing us, which is very nice. Keeping you in stock with uh, bottles of Stop. (laughs) <laughs> Help keep you awake. Yeah, to keep us awake, and uh, <laughs> and maybe some racist cereals. 
Uh, oh my god, the racist gonna, cereal. Yeah, we're going to need to carve out of a good 25 minutes to talk about that box of cereal. <laughs> carve. <laughs> exactly. Mm. So, oh. Uh, yeah, there we go. So thank you very much. And if you want to donate what you'd spend on a coffee daily to Rewatchability per month, then you can go to patreon.com slash rewatchability and, and help us out and get the podcast early and maybe some back catalog stuff. So now into the podcast. When did you first see the the movie rob did you forget what movie we're doing yeah. no that was the best segue i've ever done in rewatchability <laughs> stephen king's it when did you watch that <laughs> uh, okay well so i don't know if i've seen nightmare on elm street 2 when i was younger i saw a bunch of the freddy krueger movies i mean this was all coming out when i was like this came out in 1985 so i was one year old so when i was like Growing up, Freddy Krueger was like very much like the most menacing presence, fictional the movies character. Kept on getting made, so you yeah, kind of grew up with him. And they were, yeah, and like, yeah, Freddy Krueger was like the scariest thing to me. And I did see some of them in like bits and pieces of them, but I don't know, like, I can't really remember which of them I saw until I was a little bit older. And I probably talked about this when we talked about the first Nightmare on Elm Street, but I actually lived on Elm Street. When I was like eight years old, and I was did terrified. You, did you have like a red front door? I, or sorry, yes. I think it was pink in this movie. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it was pink. Even worse, Rob's housekeeper was named Fred Krueger. Yeah, oh, and I just feel like we're in a reboot right now. Like that's just like you've tricked me into like now we're in this movie. What like we're we're like this is the uh, yeah this is like the opening scene of like the right. Nude. The new like 2017 nightmare, <laughs> right? And just Freddy Krueger can like yeah. get into like I'm waiting for his claw too. to just come out of your chest right now. Right? <laughs> he has that ability to like you know go through different fabrics of reality or being. I, mm-hmm. That's what's you know I think really pervasive about him, and also like the nightmares. Everything could just you know you could just it could be part of a dream. You could just it could be part of it. He was, could be there. Was Freddy Krueger scary to you as a kid? Yes. Okay. That's he was he, the most yeah. scary. Did, did you like talk about him on the playground and stuff, or like what he talked about? Yeah, like in I your feel town? like I feel like we play. I feel like we played like Freddy Krueger, or somebody would be like, "I'm Freddy Krueger." Yeah, yeah, yeah. We or did like, that too. I'll be Jason, but Jason's not really that scary. All right, go no, strip no. and get in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. First, put on this leather. All right. Freddy had the most personality, and he really was everywhere. Like there were so many films. I feel like every it was like the sort of golden age of video stores and mm-hmm. there would be so many of them and like a little standy probably yeah he was i didn't have a tv show at one point too i feel like they marketed the, the hell out yeah, of freddy yeah it was uh it's called like freddy krueger's nightmare or something it was, it was a nightmare show yeah yeah he was kind of like a crypt keeper yeah it was like an anthology show that he introduced one episode told like his elaborate backstory in which he wasn't just like a caretaker he was also an ice cream man which i think is an <laughs> important part of, of the the yeah. nightmare on elm street canon that doesn't get talked about enough no he went from <laughs> being very shots. cold to very hot very quickly oh shit yeah. right it's the fire and ice again it's like demolition man <laughs> yeah, exactly. uh, so yeah, yeah. Well, what did you first see it jam oh I saw it when I was a kid. There was like a marathon of all the movies on TV and I watched it then. I remember it being like more intense than the first one and right. maybe even scarier. I don't know why. <laughs> I think I remember like the only thing I really remembered going into this rewatch was the opening school bus scene. Like I remember thinking that was really cool. Like, I mean, we'll talk about what happens more when Rob does his rundown, but like I remember it feeling more 
even kind of dreamlike than than the dreams in the first movie. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, yeah, I liked it. Like you, Rob, I found Freddy Krueger to be like a terrifying presence in my childhood. You know, yeah. I, I saw it when I was a little older, but uh, but when I was a kid, like they would sell like Freddy Krueger toys in the toy aisle. Like you'd be looking <laughs> for like Ninja Turtles, and there'd be like a yeah. you know a glove with plastic knives on it, and it was it was scary. Yeah. <laughs> In the 80s, they didn't coddle children. No. <laughs> they were like, if you can't learn to live with a clogged creature living in your nightmares, you won't be able to survive. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah, what is 90s. it? 90s. Movie about a pedophile child murder? Just put it next to the micro machines. Kids will deal with it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I remember like liking the sequel. I didn't really differentiate between the movies. They're all kind of like. Well, you watched them in a marathon, right? Yeah, because so, yeah. it was a marathon on, on, TV. I think I watched the third one at the same time. I can't remember, but yeah, I liked it. Yeah. What about you, Johnny? Did like Freddy Krueger have like a place in your childhood? Totally. I mean, I was definitely kind of a wimp growing up. I didn't <laughs> watch a lot of horror movies, especially like in elementary school. When I remember Freddy being around and other kids would watch him, and definitely like there was weird Freddy Krueger role play in the schoolyard <laughs> that I didn't really join in on. That was um, the original subtitle for this movie, <laughs> Freddy Krueger role play. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty sure. much what was going on. Yeah, yeah, I didn't watch them for a while. I remember being in high school with some friends and being a little braver, and we went to the horror section of the video store, and we were like, here's like a horror classic, and we watched the first one. Right. Uh, so yeah, I remember seeing the first one and enjoying it, and not really and not going back for any of the sequels because okay. i'd heard that they weren't as good and i thought the original was pretty cool and then i didn't see nightmare 2 until probably five or six years ago when i specifically watched it because i heard how gay it was and i wanted <laughs> to see for myself right yeah, that's we should mention that's the gay elephant in the gay room. <laughs> yeah, this movie is super gay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and yeah. not For, in a subtle way. No, I uh, thought it was going to be very subtle. Yeah, that's what you think. Like when people say like there's a really gay Nightmare on Elm Street, you're like, oh, it's kind okay. of like subversively <laughs> gay. It's like, no, like, it's like no, it's hit you so over the head. yeah. So the gay. point where, but where you're like, how did anyone even not who missed this at the time? But people missed everything. Yeah. yeah, they yeah, didn't. They yeah. didn't want to see it. People didn't, didn't know that the village people were gay, right? So I understand <laughs> Wait, why. <what>? Right. <laughs> people didn't know Liberace was gay, so I get why. Like, really clued out people. I'm really learning. Missed it. <laughs> you mean that macho rogue with the candelabra? <laughs> I thought he was yeah. just friends with Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting. I um, because like Freddy Krueger was in my playground too a lot. Uh -oh. Uh, oh shit! You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, Kill for me, Blade. <laughs> yeah, actually, it was it was kind of weird. Like my my grade school was on the same property as like it sold a bit of its property to a halfway house, so it was like it was like a weird school. Oh, wait, and, like, so people in a halfway house are like horrific monsters in your nightmares? No, it's just that everyone would tell no, like no. the the mothers or dads would like tell their kids like don't go in the schoolyard, you know, right. like don't go at the end of the schoolyard because someone's gonna like hurt you. Right. Uh, it's just because like there's like paranoid. a chunk cut out of your schoolyard that's it, a halfway house. It was that like a, is really weird. It was like a chunk of 
of like the the soccer field, and they had to move the soccer field. Uh, <laughs> you had to play around it. Yeah, it was basically, it was basically that. It was like, actually an advantage because there was like, less goalposts. Like it sounds like you're describing a dream right now. Like that's <laughs> no. so weird. No, my friend, my, I had a friend a- a- Andrew when I was. It sounds in, like you're describing like a Charles Dickens novel. <laughs> <laughs> no, and there was like a creek running through, so they're like, "Don't go near the creek." And like there was all these like things that you were being afraid of in, in the schoolyard. And then on and the other the, side of the school, the giant spiders lived yeah, there. We couldn't yeah, go there. It was weird. <laughs> no, but 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 my friend Andrew came back one, one time. He like went home, and his mother oh, came in the next day, and, and she was like, "This is this is like cocaine. Like someone gave my kid cocaine." Oh, <laughs> and man. so she was really mad at the school, and they're like, "Well, party we can't school. do anything about that." <laughs> yeah, it was a real party school. Yeah. What what, um, what if in this movie <laughs> we can't do anything about that? Let me just take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. He shouldn't have told anyone about that. I don't know why. What if at the end of this movie, Freddy, Freddy Krueger got back into our reality and just like sold cocaine? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, or he like tried to be sense. a better person, like you know, went to a halfway house. Yeah, <laughs> so, why? Why would they put it next to a school? <laughs> and it's just well, there's nothing we can do about it. He pays the rent on time. Yeah. Like yeah. we have to let him stay there. Yeah, Freddy Krueger's always paying rent now. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that guy's sweater? He's a nice guy. He thinks it's Christmas twenty four seven all the time. <laughs> they light it like Christmas the whole movie. But yeah, so w- there was like there was always talk of like horrible things happening in the schoolyard and Freddy always Kruger was talk like, of horrible things happening in the schoolyard yeah did you hear about jimmy but like there was, there was always this like yeah that kid he drowned in the creek he was like the older brother to this kid and then like they'd be like hey your older brother drowned in the creek and he'd be like i don't have an older brother like it would just like it would be uh, all like all yeah, yeah, there shouldn't be like, a, like drownable creeks in schoolyards <laughs> yeah. either well we yeah. were near a river we had a river that we could go down but we weren't allowed yeah. to go into the gully they told us don't go into the gully <laughs> this is like like, oh wait! Is, I'm remembering something. <laughs> there was nothing that you Ontario. could drown in in my schoolyard growing no, up. Like, there was no, like <laughs> there were no drowning. You guys lived in Toronto, in the right? City. <laughs> like, but this was like small town Ontario stuff. Yeah. Where you'd be like, those are the train tracks. Don't like, there's no fence. <laughs> like, don't go on the train tracks. <laughs> you were just expected to lose a few friends every year. <laughs> yeah, like there were train that's tracks right the, behind my house. With that's no where fence. the clown lives. Don't go in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's an old abandoned house. Just don't do it. It's like, watch out for the giant uh, hole. So Freddie was. Always like people would like be like, and then Freddy Krueger will be there. Like it was like that kind of nightmare. Sounds like he probably thing. was. <laughs> yeah. He's bigger than the movies. I think that sounds like yeah. yeah. It sounds like Freddy Krueger showing up would be frankly a relief <laughs> from the hell you. Yeah, he'd be like, "This is a dream." You'd be like, "Oh, thank God!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like my reality is way worse than this. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, but I never seen the second movie movie ever. I just heard that it was it was a pretty it was a pretty subtle, a gale time. S- a subtle gale time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I heard it was subtle, so I wasn't expecting the movie. And and Johnny, you and I watched it last night. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. It was pretty fun. It was pretty funny to watch. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so do you want to give us the uh, the ye old rundown, Rob? Certainly. It starts on a beautiful sunny day. There's a school bus driving down the road. What could go wrong? Well, I mean, the driver is Robert Englund. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) the driver is Robert Englund. So I feel like already, you know, it's going to go wrong. Though, you know, he just doesn't—he doesn't look like horrific in his like regular form, and you don't really like get doesn't really focus on him but mm-hmm. i mean we can all tell right yeah it's kind of yeah. neat that it's like it gives you just enough of a glimpse that you're like that's clearly him but yeah. 
Yeah, although it's all it's in the trivia for this movie all the time. Like, did you know that then it's like, yeah, you can you can tell. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like the guy who was scheduled to play that part didn't show up and they were like, Bob, do you want to make another fifty bucks? <laughs> <laughs> like, do I have to get into the makeup? It's like, no, no, please don't talk like that. Well actually I heard that originally when they made the sequel, Robert England asked for more money because he's like, you know, he was a star. Yeah, fair yeah. Enough. And the producer didn't want to pay him, so they hired Another, they're like, it's a guy in a rubber mask. Just hire anyone. And they hired someone that was terrible <laughs> and, and had to hire him back, like, after they started shooting. That's amazing. Wow. So he lets off a whole bunch of kids. There's this sweaty kid on the bus that we notice. And there's some girls that are sort With of like left eyeliner on. on. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking like he's already not sleeping, yeah. like, in a bad way. <laughs> and the, Boss sort of like doesn't stop for the girl stop. And she's like, hey, mister, you missed my stop. And then it sort of keeps going and it drives off the road and it's driving like into this like weird desert or something like that. And uh, we see the uh, the famous red and green striped arm of Freddy Krueger. He's the person driving the bus. He apparently had time to get into costume somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, he was letting <laughs> it was off a, all those kids. It was a quick change. Thing. He stopped yeah. at a Tim Hortons. and <laughs> But he he comes at the kids with his, like, claws and he slashes at them. And, and then, then he wakes up. And the kid wakes up. Oh, I yeah, think I meant Freddy Krueger wakes up. <laughs> like, what a terrible dream. I hate I hate school buses. <laughs> well, he used to work I in the I thought I had school. to go back to being a bus driver. You know those dreams where you dream that you're, like, at work? Yeah. That, that would be, like, his nightmare. Yeah. yeah. But he does have dreams I'm podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't work at a school in this one. It was, like, an industrial boiler. Yeah, that he, a yeah like a power yeah. plant. Yeah, they changed everything from the first movie in the second yeah. movie. Like, well, they say you have, like, seven careers through your oh, life yeah. before your that, mom. That's a great kills point. You. Yeah, yeah, so maybe... Yeah. He had seven different deaths. Also, yeah. ice cream man. <laughs> right. yeah. I thought it was kind of neat the way that the bus is balancing, and they're in the position where, like, if they they're trying to keep the bus balanced so it doesn't fall off the cliff, right? But if they move too far forward, that's where Freddy Krueger's going to slash them. But if they move back, the bus it's this horrible kind of like yeah, because yeah. like all the like, like the didn't that happen in like away. a post story or something? Like yeah, th- that's what I remember really liking about this movie is this whole opening. I thought it was really good. And yeah. I still thought it was good. Yeah, I mean, the model work is pretty cool with, like, the bus bouncing on that thing. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah, and it was yeah. more, like, it felt more like a nightmare in a way than, like, the first Nightmare on Elm Street, where it was just, like, people in dark alleys being chased by, like, a guy shouting puns at them. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that nightmare. Oh, okay. Is, is the guy shouting puns me? <laughs> yeah. Get out of my dreams. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, he wakes up and but, but screaming, like screaming, and he what wakes a up. scream! Oh man, yeah, so so deep and he also seems like he's room. maybe had a wet dream too, all over himself, a, a soaking dream. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> he's he's dripping, like his whole body's dripping. Well, yeah, but like when his parents like <laughs> they call him up for school, he gets out of bed and he like adjusts himself. Uh-huh. Or something. Yeah, uh, no, he does that every time he gets out of bed in those tidy whities <laughs> it's, That was really, just underwear technology in the 80s. They're yeah, really unflattering underwear. They're not great. And his friend has better underwear. Yeah, his friend's underwear is totally cute, which is interesting. <laughs> that's, a, that's obviously a design choice. Yeah, yeah. So he... Yeah, uh, it's like camo underwear. <laughs> so he goes down to breakfast, and this is like the Oh, let's first, talk about breakfast. We, I mean, this is the first thing that we have to talk about, because his sister is eating a cereal. I mean, the 80s was an era of ridiculous cereals, probably ridiculous and racist cereals, but 
Fu Manchus. Yeah, C H E W S. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> with a with a stereotypical like looking Asian wise old Asian elder on the it was, with, with awful, green man. skin with yeah. green skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and she has to, uh, she like reaches into the box to get the prize, to get the fingers. And it's like these like Fu Manchu fingers that she puts on her. Which, which are claws. Claws that she puts on her fingers, which like all of Asia doesn't trim their nails 80s. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Well, that, yeah, I mean, that was the yeah. character. And then, yeah. like, <laughs> it's awful. The, the guy writing this movie was like, okay, we need a way <laughs> for him to be reminded of Freddy Krueger in yeah. the real world after his dream. And this is what they came up with? <laughs> yeah. It's like, okay, what if, like, this cereal existed in this world <laughs> based on Fu Manchu? We're going to go on a long walk down a very racist road. Yeah. Do you the, think he, like, wrote a whole one reminder. backstory? Yeah. General Mills founded the cereal in 1938. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of, it's in a way, like, it's when you get to that little girl with the things on it, it's almost, like, all been worth it. Yeah. It's like that cereal's so conspicuous right off the bat right. it sort of like clues you in that we're not supposed to take this entirely seriously though yeah you know it is i don't know that's bo- that box of cereal like feels satirical to me yeah like I, it feels like a knowing intentional wink right because yeah. it has it almost like has to be an outrageous because yeah. you need to notice it yeah you yeah. need to be like what's going on with well, this cereal? Well, in the 80s everybody knew that fu manchu was racist yeah so did they know. gremlins? I don't know. Why couldn't his, <laughs> why couldn't his sister just have been like, "Hey, I got a new fedora to wear to school." Rather <laughs> <laughs> be like, "Ah, check out this or, new sweater from the Gap." <laughs> or, like, ah, hey, I've been burned horribly. <laughs> kids, kids at that time would put fruit roll ups on their fingers and like <laughs> eat eat them and stuff like that, and be like, "Oh, yeah." That might have been a little later. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, you can shut me down. Yeah, but anyway, so Jesse, that's the kid's name. His name's Jesse because he kind of looks like Jesse Eisenberg when he's looking sweaty and nervous. <laughs> but he goes to school, and it's a typical American high school, you know. Everybody's talking about whether or not they're getting laid or that they want to get laid. That's the first question out of anyone's mouth. It's like, <laughs> hey, nice laid? to meet you. Nah. My name's Jesse. You getting laid? No, that's no. so weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And also, you know, it has a sadistic gym teacher mm-hmm. yeah. who uh, apparently gets off on making people run laps and do push-ups. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they fight, right? And so, like, he, Jesse meets this friend of his. Yeah. Like, uh, Ron, Ron is his name. Yeah. Grady. Uh, Grady, yeah. yeah. And they and they start fighting. He's related in- to the guy from The Shining. <laughs> and they start fighting, but, like, it, more just, like rolling around on the ground and thrusting their bodies together. And Jesse's butt comes out immediately. Oh, yeah, because he <laughs> pantses Jesse, and yeah. Jesse isn't wearing underwear, He's just, just a rock strap. And we're Which, like, we're like six minutes into this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. so the teacher pulls him apart and then is like, go thrust your pelvises into the ground now. And then uh, they kind of do that for a while. <laughs> go fuck the law. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then he's like, g- and then he watches him from the window. Yeah. From inside, and he's like, yeah, that's good. And then he's like, shower off, you two. It's just a, it's a very... It's yeah, very, it's it's not subversive. One it's of the characters just, does say well, that it, he gets off on it. Yeah, yeah and exactly because he Grady says to him, he's like, "Oh, he's like a he's a real freak. Like he goes to queer leather bars downtown, and he loves like pretty young guys like you." Oh, right. <laughs> like yeah. they just that there's no subtext. Like, no. He, and then he and then he's <laughs> and then Jesse's response to that is like, "Yeah, I know. I've heard that too." Like, <laughs> yeah. nobody's like, "What, really?" <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, I feel you like. Guys remember, had... he told us that on the first day of class. Yeah. It's the first thing he said. That was the, <laughs> all the lecture. That was a whole lecture. <laughs> but I think what's like interesting about that interaction, too, is that it's like they're both like acknowledging like the sexuality of their gym teacher. But at the same time, like it's also like it's a bit of like a flirtation. Because yeah. Brady's sort of like, yeah, he likes really, he likes pretty guys like you. Right. Yeah. So he's calling him Brady. <laughs> right? like, it's yeah, so yeah. true. Oh. Yeah. And, and, and his, his, it's, it's kind of smooth, actually. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and the <laughs> girl, the girl that, uh, that, uh, Jesse drives to school with yeah, is supposed Lisa. to be like his kind of girlfriend. The richest girl the, in school. <laughs> yeah. And she's walking back from school because he can't drive her anymore. Even though she's the richest girl. That's he has a like, car. His car is like a total piece of shit. It's a push right. to start. Which is pretty forward thinking, I'd say. And so she's like walking away and looking at them through the fence, talking about this too, like kind of like longingly, like, hey, I'm over here. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't notice her. He's still thrusting into the ground. Well, you know, boys play baseball and girls do archery. So (laughs) yeah, Yeah, she's like trying to impale his heart, facing a different way. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, so it sort of moves on. He starts having more nightmares, or he starts having more like experiences. Like he'll like wake up in the middle of the night and he goes for a walk. And at one point, he just like sees Freddy Krueger in a window putting something into a furnace. Yeah, in his own basement. Yeah, in his own basement. And he goes down and he finds the glove, right? Yeah, that's later on. Yeah. It sort of like comes in like bits and, and pieces. See, if I'd seen this movie before I was a kid in that toy store and I just found that glove. Oh, man. Then I would really would have freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> But he does, like, see Freddy soon enough, and he's like, he's like, I need you. You're yeah. the body. Yeah. 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 And I I'm got the brains. This is another great come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, you, yeah you got I mean, body. how many times have we all used that line, right? <laughs> no, he, he does say something to the effect of, like, I want to be inside you now. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. yeah. Well, there's also there's also comments later, like, Bro- Brody, what is his name, Brody? Grady. 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 Like The Shining. Yeah, like The Shining. Grady says later, like... Both two two great horror movies. <laughs> two yeah. classics. Yeah. He he doesn't understand, like, male-female sexual... Because he's, he, like, later on, he's like, yeah, you should be over at that house, like, getting her inside you. He's like, what? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, right. it's because he, he's, yeah, someone wants to be inside me. Like, yeah, her name's Lisa, and she's waiting for you in the cabana. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think... I don't think it does. Uh, uh, anyway, yeah, well, you know... Uh, yeah. You know, uh, open, expand your horizons a little bit, yeah, man. <laughs> you know. All right, all right, yeah. But I, you Get know, I do think, like, I will say, like, I, uh, a lot of the trivia I'm going to pull from is I've watched that. There's like a three-hour doc about Nightmare on Elm Street, right. the, the whole series, and I watched the bit about the second movie, and What's they it called? did Sleep No More. Yeah, never sleep again. Oh, right. <laughs> Pretty close. Sleep no more. That's <laughs> something else. Okay. <laughs> but he, Robert England, talks about like how Freddy Krueger has always been kind of this like seductive character. And that's what's happening in this movie. Like if you think back in the first movie, like maybe the most iconic image is like his glove coming up in the, oh, the tub. bathtub. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, it's not that out of character for it to be like this kind of weird sexual dynamic no no but i mean it gets weird oh it definitely <laughs> gets weird yeah well there's like a bunch of other stuff like at school like at one point he's like falling asleep at class and like somebody puts like a snake on his uh, i think the snake just happens to be on like no it? one no one puts the snake on him he oh, just I wakes thought... up with a snake around him yeah i didn't see it i assume that somebody put it on him because no. that's just 
he's like dreaming and the snake comes around right. and you're like, oh, that's part of the dream. But then no, it's just like yeah, they yeah, actually yeah. keep a snake in the classroom. Well, I yeah. thought you were going to be like, well, our school was infested with snakes, so yeah. I didn't see anything strange about that. Yeah, we had to run them out of town, <laughs> clubbing them. No. Uh, <laughs> I got an A in snakes. <laughs> <laughs> Only got bit seven times. Yeah. yeah, but it's so weird. And and like the teacher's like mad at him for screaming at a snake. And I was right, like, I why is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. What the hell? Well, the teacher thinks that he must be must be playing with the snake. Or yeah, something like don't that. play with your snake in class. Which, well, it does like go right up on his thigh. There's <laughs> yeah. like one shot where it's like placed for his penis. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's weird that like the snake coming around to him is first presented as a nightmare, and then you wake up and realize that the snake is real, which you would think would be worse because it's like a nightmare coming true. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that the snake is real is sort of like, oh, haha, like. It's, That's, it's better the than the reaction to yeah. it is so is in a way like it, but I feel like there's moments like that in the movie where it's like the reaction is almost like more dream logic than yeah. the dream. Like yeah, that's such a sure. weird reaction to the having this like python yeah. around your neck. Well, I think this movie works in a way day. it works sort of different than the first one in that like the things that seem to happen happen more in reality as opposed to in the first nightmare like it all happens while they're asleep right? all, all the rules get thrown out in this movie about what yeah. Freddy can do yeah. and what, how Freddy does it yeah. but it's sort of effective because it sort of lends like an unreality to the movie where there's like less like clear delineations yeah mm-hmm. but I, I feel like it doesn't make for a strong horror movie because there aren't rules you know like you don't know when you're safe and when you're not and and that's it's like, well, then there's no hope of doing anything. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. I think, like, I mean, there's, like, a fixation on, like, the rules in horror movies. Like, if they sometimes, if they somehow don't make sense, then I can't be scared of them. Right. But also, like, just because, like, the franchise establishes one set of rules in the first movie doesn't mean that it has to follow the same set of rules in the second movie. But I think it also, I don't think it works as well because they came up with such a great conceit in the first movie that... You know, you're safe in the real world, but if you fall asleep, that's like this one power that Freddy Krueger has is he can live in dreams. And like, I don't even know why he wants to come into the real world in this movie, because then when he comes in the real world, he's just a guy at a pool party. Like, (laughs) just call the police. (laughs) It's not it's not nearly as scary. Well, I I think the idea is that if he can, like, inhabit jesse then he no longer has to abide by the old rules of only killing in somebody's dreams and he mm-hmm. can like he can then have access to the real world and that's parties. why yeah <laughs> you know it's lonely in the dreams you know in the right. dreamscapes of teenagers yeah having pretty, all the fun he just wants to swim you know he just wants <laughs> to hang out so we'll we'll talk about more about the rules in freddy when we come back Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And we're back with Johnny Walker talking about about Nightmare on Elm Street 2. Freddy's Freddy's Revenge. Revenge. Okay, sorry. I keep on forgetting the colon there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, the rules are a bit wonky in this 
yeah. in, in this one. But yeah. you think that that leads to kind of it being more terrifying. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, but uh, things happen differently anyway. Like, yeah. for example, the the main difference in this than any of the other ones is that, like, Freddy is trying to possess protagonist yeah. throughout the whole thing. And so he slowly, like, Freddy comes into his dreams and he's like, kill for me. At one point, he wakes up, he goes to the gay bar <laughs> and sees his teacher there. And then it's, it cuts to a scene of his teacher making him run laps for some reason. I guess presumably because he found him drinking or something. Well, again, like yeah. this is a weird thing where it's like you ex- you expect it to be subtext, but it's not like he's not controlled by Freddy at the time. It's not like he's dreaming. He just <laughs> goes for a walk and goes to that bar, <laughs> the like S&M bar that his teacher's at. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's real, just a decision right? he makes. That's just like really <laughs> happens though, right? Because I think so. Yeah. I think it feels to me kind of intentionally blurred. It's like there's this rumor that the teacher goes to this queer leather bar and then he suddenly like he knows where it is. He mm-hmm. walks there seemingly in an instant and it's like this sort of like dreamy, like, you know, his imagination of this bar full yeah. of freaks. He wanders over to the bar, like in his pajamas, dripping with sweat and yeah. says, like, I'd like a beer, please. He's a teenager. Yeah. He does not card it. He doesn't pay for the drink. His, they give his him a pa- little glass. Yeah. Which is all, like, <laughs> so weird. I can't get past that. It's, that's what you give children in bars. <laughs> yeah. It's like, can pour I get a his bottle cup? into like a little highball? It's so weird. Yeah. yeah that's a, it's a weird way to drink a beer. And but, then you don't see the transition between like his gym teacher, I guess, then drove him to the high school in the middle of the night. Yeah. It's so strange. It's, I mean, yeah. it's really kind of terrifying. It, it is. It's weird. And then, and then what happens is, is the teacher, Gets bombarded by balls mm. that he tries to dodge, yeah, well, and cannot. <laughs> That's uh, of course a metaphor for dodgeball. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, <laughs> Robert Englund's favorite sport. <laughs> and then, yeah, well, I mean, this is like this is like a great. I mean, it's a pretty interesting <laughs> scene because like he tells Jesse to hit the showers, <laughs> and then he goes back to his office. I don't know, to do something. And All these Presumably it's like midnight, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like they were just at a bar that was packed. Yeah. And all the sports equipment starts, like, attacking him. And then he gets, like, pushed into the showers, sort of beside Jesse, tied up yeah. by, like, these jump ropes. Telekinetically and- stripped nude. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, like, his ass gets toweled raw. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, by an invisible force. And then it's like Hollow Man. It's like a homoerotic Hollow Man. It's like a Hollow Man hazing. Wasn't Hollow Man homoerotic? <laughs> yeah, probably. I <laughs> but anyway, but and Freddy comes and like you know claws him. But then we see Rear sort penetration. Of like, <laughs> thank you, Johnny. Pulls it back, and then we see that it was not, in fact, Freddy who killed the gym teacher, but Jesse. Yeah, the gloves on his hand. Yeah. It's weird because the the police find Jesse wandering the highway at night near the school naked naked <laughs> and then and then in the rain so presumably the blood is washed off or whatever and they're like that was weird but we'll just go back to our job oh a gym ke- teacher was killed at the same time like let's not investigate the naked kid that was by the highway like it was just like a weird we think, wouldn't that be like the line of investigation? Like, maybe ask mm-hmm. that kid. And you're know. looking for you like real world logic <laughs> in a movie that does not abide by it for yeah. a second. It's weird. I didn't really think about the fact that he did kill the gym teacher. So, at least large swaths of that dream had to be real. 
Like where he went to the gay bar and then went to the school. I don't think that was a dream. No, that was real. Yeah, I thought that was a dream. No. Because there was a lady dressed like that bird uh, that that went on fire in his house. Oh my God, that bird. (laughs) Oh, yeah, we didn't talk about the birds. Yeah, well, it's all, well, that's weird because no one, they're all like, Jesse, you're on drugs. And, and <laughs> yeah. he's like, no, nah, I'm not on drugs. Yeah. Uh, there was a bird, Pepsi, Ma. there was a bird that exploded in our living room. And he was like, you put firecrackers in that bird. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, what? Like, you put a cherry bomb on the bird. Yeah. How that fucking even work, dad? <laughs> I love just that moment. Like the cops bring him home naked yeah. and dripping wet as always. <laughs> and then his dad's he's like, like Albert Brooks and broadcast news <laughs> this whole time in this movie. <laughs> And he says, he's like, I've got, his dad's like, you've got to answer this like one question for me. And I feel like it's like, you're so waiting for that question to be like, you gay? You're gay, right? (laughs) And then he's just like, are you on drugs? And you're like, no, Uh, that's not the question. That's the wrong question. Somebody hand those parents a P-flag brochure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, So yeah, they think he's on drugs, which was, I guess, the big scourge Mm -hmm. in the 80s. Well, they saw him do that dance with the cork gun. Oh, yeah. That's right. We didn't talk about that. We didn't talk about that. so much to talk about yeah he like he like does a little cork gun ejaculation dance for this girl he's cleaning his room because when we first see his dad his dad's like you got to clean that room the the room is not going to clean itself the whole time he's talking about cleaning the room it's like fine i'll clean the room but he does this elaborate crazy dance while he's doing it where he's closing the drawers with his butt yeah Yeah. and like (laughs) yeah and he's wearing these like like Elton John sunglasses yeah. or something like these crazy sure. like lightning bolt things. I don't even know what they yeah. are. And then he has a little like pop cork gun that he starts like tooling around like it's his dick. I had that exact gun. Yeah. How did you clean your room? <laughs> I, I think, you know, <laughs> well, apparently like that was supposed to be like a reference to like risky business ah. or not a reference, but they were thinking like, Oh, we'll do like was a risky business. business? <laughs> Just try to one up and make it way more well, sexual. Well, you could lose an eye with that cork gun. <laughs> he has that sign yeah. on his door that says "No Chicks." Right? Oh yeah, yeah. that's another thing they said in this documentary was they're saying because a lot of people that made this movie did not pick up on these themes right. amazingly. But one thing they did say is like, oh, the production designer was 100% gay because they put in all of these, mm-hmm. they put in the no chicks allowed sign on the thing. Right. The only thing he has in his closet is probe. a game called Probe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really oh, that's funny. when like Lisa's helping him clean and he's like, right. just, throw, just push all of that in the closet. Yeah. 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 Put it all in there. <laughs> Which is also where they get Nancy's diary. Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, in the first movie, yeah. Actually, could I, while we're talking about it, could I just play a quick clip of them talking about Please. this on the documentary? Yeah. I simply did not have the self-awareness to realize that any of this might be interpreted as, as gay. And I actually don't think that originally Jesse was written as a gay character. I think it's something that happened along the line by serendipity. I also had not the slightest idea that one of my lead actors was gay. The fact that Mark Patton was an openly gay actor, I don't think had been uh, revealed at that time yet. We made Nightmare 2 absolutely clueless that it had any gay overtones whatsoever. I'm absolutely sure there's not one moment that I remember that it was discussed. I never saw it. I didn't get it. When I was shooting, I had no notion that this was happening, although... I didn't get a blowjob on the set. That's what you mean. But looking back, it was soaking. <laughs> what the fuck is that? Weird. This guy played the dad. 
I didn't get a blowjob on the set, if that's what you're asking? There's another whole documentary about this movie and about how gay it is, too, right? The the lead actor, Mark Patton, who plays Jesse, is he, like, kick-started a doc about it that I don't think has been finished yet. Produced Mm. yet? Yeah. Mm. But I think think it's being made. I think it's called Scream Queen. Because also in that doc, he said he thinks he's the first male Scream Queen. Right. Because that's another interesting thing is they do flip the... He's the final girl. Yeah, he's the final girl. He gets saved by his girlfriend at the end. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's kind of interesting in that regard. For sure. So his girlfriend sort of helps him out, is trying to like trying to help him get to the bottom of this, but you know, he can't really open up to her for some reason. Oh, uh, they do find Nancy's <laughs> diary in the thing and uh, read all about like Freddy Krueger. And so they go to the power plant and she's like, do you feel anything? He's like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. What am I supposed to feel? And she's like, something for me. Yeah. <laughs> anything. We're just all alone in this power plant. We could do anything. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, I need to hang out with my friend. <laughs> and, uh, then they go, there's like this, big- I've got some cleaning to do. <laughs> <laughs> there's this big pool party at her place, right? Cause she's the rich mm-hmm. girl. Yeah. And nothing uh, says horror like a big swinging pool party <laughs> to close your movie. Well, I think, but every movie, I mean, every like teen, uh, like from the Annette Funicello school of horror. But I think it's like a standard of horror movies to have like, you have to have all like the kids gathered in one place so they can be effectively terrorized. Right. You know, it could be a prom, could be a pool party. Uh, Bus. Mm-hmm. Cornfield. <laughs> Cornfield. Yeah. But it's also, I feel like they never discussed this, but it's clearly her birthday party. You yeah. find out later, which I feel like is also like extra sad. Yeah. Happy birthday. Here's a lot of confusing emotions. <laughs> yeah. Well, because she starts to, to get down and, and, and nerdy with this guy. Jesse, right. please don't say that. Yeah. Down and dirty. No, um, never and again. Just a loving down and dirty session. <laughs> Yuck. Uh, and, uh, in a fancy cabana. In a, yeah, in a, in a yeah. little pool cabana. But he start. He like. He's like tongue he's like he has his face like in her breast first of all and his like tongue like transforms <laughs> it so, into some it was, weird he's, his face isn't even in her breast thing. they're like just below her breast yeah. but like above her waist is like the, nothing's happening in that region <laughs> i don't a, know what he's it doing it seems like they they sort of like specifically like pull her breasts apart as far <laughs> as they'll go so that he can like lick right down the middle which i understand is how like heterosexual <laughs> yeah. interface that's works, how make babies. right that's no a, <laughs> it's a lot of forehead on abdomen action <laughs> yeah yeah you lift and separate just and like then you get, go to town just find <laughs> just, that solar plexus yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah you figure yeah. out where the appendix is and then, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. then he's like oh, i can't do this i gotta go and then he well run- you didn't talk about his like crazy gene simmons tongue yeah, yeah, well, it's, yeah. It, he has a like, crazy Gene Simmons tongue, but it kind of just looks like a penis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. It's I mean, I don't know mouth. what your penis looks like. It looks like Gene Simmons tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you you, you guys just don't. You should yeah. put it on more of a Paul Stanley on Reddit. Like, that would go viral like that cow's ass. <laughs> it's. <laughs> There was a cow's ass that looked like Gene Simmons' face. <laughs> Not like his face in makeup, just his face in real life. <laughs> anyway, so he does the only thing that he can think to do and runs to his friend's his place, house. wakes him up in bed. Yeah. And he's, and like, he's like, I need you I to watch you? me. <laughs> That's what he said. I need you to watch me. Watch you what? <laughs> and so he like he's just like, watch me fall asleep. He's kind of like uh, staring at him in such a Why weird way. Why wasn't Grady it, at this party? Yeah, I know. He, he was, was grounded. Like, oh. Right? For throwing his grandmother down a flight of stairs that's oh, what he shit. said i thought that was what? a joke what? no he yeah. said that as a joke there's totally. the, the best friend of lisa 
is try- is like flirting with Grady in the cafeteria in one scene, and she's like, "Will you be at the party later?" And he's like, "No, I'm grounded. I threw my grandmother down a flight oh. of stairs." I don't know, but I don't know if it's a joke or if it's just like the weird like dream logic of the movie. Yeah, it's like, maybe. okay, yeah. that's oh, what he he's did. possessed by Jason Voorhees. <laughs> <laughs> he's got a whole other thing going on, or if he's just trying to like get like sort of like let down that flirtation from that woman that he's not interested in. Um, yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. Sort of oh, I'm sorry. I murder old women. Sorry. <laughs> he sort of set him up to be like a bully kind of like, or he's supposed to be but, like the badass. but it's kind of cool because they become friends. Like he bullies him, but Did then you just italicize friends. Yeah. Friends. But yeah, it's, it's Jesse's the one who starts that fight though. Yeah. I think it's because like he wants the the something from yeah, Grady. For sure, to for sure. it. I don't know. Yeah. I think Grady is I think I think like Grady and the coach, who are like the two main victims of like Jesse Freddy in the movie, right. are actually like I read both of them as queer characters, and I think like they're for ones sure. who are actually yeah, yeah. like comfortable in their sexuality. Yeah. Like mm. Grady's like very handsome and popular. He has those cute little like Shorts. So he has like way mm. cuter sleeping underwear. He's got like Bowie and Tina Turner posters up in his bedroom. And like the only time you see like a girl flirting with him, he's immediately like, nah, I'm not coming to that party. I don't care. Like he has yeah. no. I kill women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he watches Jesse fall asleep. Jesse tells him that he has to like keep him from leaving or changing or doing anything mm-hmm. yeah and he's then, not very specific no and then jesse wakes plan. up and he's like Just it's happening it's happening yeah uh, and the guy can't leave the room and jesse turns into freddy krueger yeah like kills the him. claws come out of his fingers and then like he like yeah freddy bursts from his chest yeah and then like he's like banging on the door and his parents are on the other side and we just see like the claws bloody claws exiting the other yeah, side of the Yeah, that was pretty door. cool. That was a good shot. Yeah, that was a good shot. Yeah. And and then you see Jesse horrified. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jesse tells people that he killed someone a lot in this movie, and those people react by going, oh, let me help you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which is like the wrong reaction. <laughs> I think after the 80s, the yeah. shots of like Freddy in the mirror laughing at him after that, I also find like really effective and creepy. Yeah. 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 Look what I made you do. Yeah. You killed your friend, ha huh? Friend. Yeah, right. Yeah, in quotation marks. Or there's there's even in like the bit where like he throws does he like throw the glove at the mirror and the mirror smashes? Yeah, yeah. And you kind of I feel like you're expecting Freddy to disappear and the mirror smashes, but he's totally still there, still laughing. Yeah. And it's like I don't know, it's inter- I think that bit's sort of interesting. There's also a weird dream logic thing, even that like Freddy bursts through Jesse's chest and then Jesse's still fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's yeah. kind of like just the the horrific representation of Jesse getting taken over by Freddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And and at this time too, the his his Lisa is talking to her best friend, being like, I don't know, he like really jilted me. I asked him like what was wrong, and he just left and feel very vulnerable right now. And she's like, Go see him again. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, No friend would say that ever no like, so it's like guy. leave your own birthday party full of like lots of fun drunk teenagers to go find this like moody gay who's off like murdering his boyfriend like why <laughs> well when you put it like that <laughs> yeah 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 you really put it in perspective there yeah but uh so but- finally freddie goes to the pool party yeah. Well, yeah, well, he transforms into, he, he meets up with Lisa, or Lisa meets up with him, and he's like, you gotta get out of here! And he, then he like, you know, transforms fully into Freddy Krueger, and she's all like, I know you're in there, Jesse! Yeah, this is like a pretty, a, like a pretty hit your, hit on the head moment of like, 
This is like, you're in there, Jesse. You don't have to be gay. Like, come out and be with me. It's <laughs> right. like, just pray it away. You mean stay in and be with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it was pretty funny to watch it. And yeah. when he becomes Freddy Krueger, he does, like, it, I feel like another Freddy job was like disgruntled busboy or something because freddie keeps on clearing off tables a yeah. lot <laughs> like, he just like takes like all the things on tables and like, it's like oh why don't you just kill more people like you're just ruining well also when he t- when he turns into freddy krueger and lisa's trying to run away from him <laughs> the first thing she does is takes it's not a tablecloth it's like a miniature tablecloth it's like, like a doily yeah you put over like yeah like a table with a lamp she takes yeah it's like a doily thing she throws that at him that actually seems to work for like half a second. Yeah. yeah. And then she hits him with like a lamp and mm, that like nothing. full on knocks him down yeah. for like a few minutes enough for her to like run to the other end of the house. Yeah. Again, like stay in the dream world. Like clearly the real world <laughs> you're incapacitated you. by lamps and toilets. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It was pretty bad. And no one can get into the house to help her, which I thought was like pretty horrific too. Yeah, because uh, they're all just kind of watching from the window, being like, "Hey, uh, well, how's she going to get killed?" They didn't really look too concerned. Apparently, Freddy's like biggest power is locking doors. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> like I locked. I mean, he that. was a locksmith too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can, you're not going to be able to get into that. <laughs> well, and then he like terrorizes everybody at the at the pool party, mm-hmm. and it's more like terrorizes. Like it, it's not so much a massacre. I think most everybody sort of like gets away. There's like some yeah, steaming. He, he kills I, like two kids. Yeah, like yeah. two. Two kids yeah. die, but that's like an acceptable amount in the eighties. He mm-hmm. ruins all their beer, though. Mm-hmm. All their beer explodes. Yeah, yeah, that's not cool. Well, it's, they're and also their hot dogs. <laughs> their hot dogs uh, explode, yeah, yeah. combust, and the yeah. teens who die there, there aren't really like names. They're, yeah, they're no names. Yeah, like Characters? we don't see like any of the friends die. I think they're all men too. Uh, they are both men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Though I, I do like, and apparently this was an ad lib, but the line where Freddie says you're all my children now yeah i like that part that was yeah yeah that was pretty creepy yeah and then he walks into a fence and disappears (laughs) (laughs) it was like he got bug zapped it was was like well i should get going (laughs) (laughs) and the kids just kind of like clear a path for him without like trying to run away they're like oh what is he doing it was really weird the end of that but again again, like it seems like yeah like when he was in a dream in the first movie you're like how can you how can you beat a nightmare here he'd be like hey there's like 30 of us this is just some guy yeah we can take this old guy with severe burns (laughs) lisa's dad's got a gun let's just go go get that yeah like do we have more lamps lamps. (laughs) to ikea (laughs) just lure him into an ikea yeah yeah oh man well yeah well so then like this part's sort of interesting because at this point like the perspective of the movie shifts from jesse who's been like the protagonist and been like our sort of like I for like the entire movie and then becomes like Lisa's movie as she sort of goes to save his life and so she goes back to the power plant where Freddy Krueger used to work and she reads in the diary that like if you're not afraid that he can't hurt you or whatever right. so she tries not to be afraid of things in the power plant there's like and there's a, some things there's a rat that gets eaten by a cat yeah and, and she's afraid of rats. Happens. Yeah, like yeah. in the earlier scene with the power plant, she saw a rat and was like, ah! It was and, like a mutant rat, too. Yeah. And, also, and a mutant cat. And a mutant cat. And baby-faced dogs. Yeah. Baby-faced oh, dogs. that was creepy, too. That's, yeah, a, that weird, was really that's creepy. a really weird moment. I don't know if they maybe represent, like, 
heterosexual reproduction and like, that possibility <laughs> and like the sort of like, <laughs> right, like babies yeah yeah or maybe sort of like oh. how like how that like the potential for reproduction being sort of like mutated and ruined by this like well, queer presence in the, her life it's like yeah well it's like two do- like didn't like hades like have dogs with two heads or is that three heads three heads yeah, yeah. three heads all oh, right so well, Cerberus. Cerberus, I mean, yeah. this movie like you may be reading a- <laughs> I'm, I'm 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 reaching yeah it's, it's sort of hard because you know Knowing that this stuff is in there, you sort of want to read everything or interpret like everything. As... Well, it's so rife for interpretation, yeah, because like, mm-hmm. it doesn't really know what it is, so you can kind of read into anything. Like Jesse doesn't really know what he is. Yeah, he's a Kruger. Yeah, they meant to do that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but so um, she uh, she goes up and she fights Freddy Krueger by being like, "Jesse, I know you're in there. I love you, Jesse. I love you." And then he, Freddy gets weaker. And he's like, "No, no, don't and, worry, Jesse. I'm not going to go off with Rick Springfield." <laughs> <laughs> and what really works is her making out with Freddy. Is her is her yeah. like putting heterosexuality onto him? Yeah, that's right. She like yeah. I yeah. mean yeah, that's pretty freaky. And then he catches flame, and then uh, Jesse comes out. Yeah, well, he, he, like, the thing that he says, like, he tries to scare her by saying, like, if you kill me, then he'll die too. And then also, like, you know, that they'll, they'll all die. And, you know, she's not afraid. And he, he does seem to die. You know, we assume that that's Jesse's body that is burnt up, mm-hmm. but he does, like, he does, like, stir and then, like, rip off part of the face and, like, emerge out of the from flesh it. cocoon. Yeah. That was Freddy Krueger. Like a butterfly. Ugh. Yeah. Like a butterfly. Yeah. Yeah. But a very straight butterfly. <laughs> yeah. It's, pro- it's problematic. Yeah. I mean, when we were watching it, Johnny, we were, we were talking about like that this is kind of a gay panic movie. It's like, this is kind of, this is kind of the eighties yeah. being afraid of homosexuality. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's like Freddie in the movie is just this like the obvious metaphor for his own kind of like conflicted, like, um, deeply buried homosexual impulses and it's like every time he's presented with like the possibility of like heterosexuality and like he can't quite do it right and he kind of freaks out and goes on this rampage and he like pretty much only kills men yeah and specifically like these other like sort of like queer coded characters he goes after but i think you could read it still as a positive story if you look at freddie as representing like robert england said he thought Freddie may have represented like his self-loathing or his repression. Yeah. And like, the, that's what the idea that he's only killing the men that right. he might be attracted to may be like his rejection of his own sexuality or his attempts to suppress it. But then being with Lisa in the end is not the best for that kind of cuz he Well some he, of the actors were well, even saying it's not going to work out. <laughs> well some no. of the actors were even saying like maybe they, you know maybe they'd like oh, they're go just forward as friends of, after yeah, that yeah, yeah. <laughs> they've been through something. And I think yeah. you also have to like look at like what year did this movie come out? 85. Uh, so in the middle yeah. of the AIDS crisis, right? Yeah. So I just feel like you can't really not look at the movie through that lens where it's like specifically it's about this like fear of gay sexuality leading specifically to death. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. sort of like the other characters who are like he has like this sort of attraction or like queer interaction with like he kills and he's like sort of f- afraid of this sort of like gay Freddy Kruegerness like killing himself, killing other people. Potentially then that like if he's like with these people, he'll come back and like infect and kill his girlfriend. Like I, I feel like that's I think Freddy yeah. Krueger's kind of AIDS in this movie. It's an AIDS panic movie. I think so. 
That's I mean. Well, you know they say that about a lot of <clears throat> movies, yeah, horror movies in the eighties. The fly and the thing mm. are often uh, cited mm-hmm. as as allegories for AIDS. So, and it's I all mean, about yeah. like a, you know being this. Spirit, it's all this body horror stuff in there too. Yeah. Right? Of his body oh, like man, turning yeah. against him. Right. It seems more like it's like his like his repression. I think because like that's what makes him like vulnerable to like Freddy Krueger's influence. You right. know, because he's, so he's afraid of himself. Yeah, he's like yeah. afraid of what he is, and so that allows Freddy Krueger the to sort of him to, yeah. you know, to be that fear. Yeah, and like mm. it also, and it represents like you know, like his anger and like his evil. Like mm. there's some like really dark stuff, like the moment where he like wakes up or he like he's a looming over his sister with the claw. Oh yeah, I mean that's like a really that disturbing scene. Yeah. yeah, skipping scene too is pretty disturbing. Yeah, that yeah. Was disturbing. which yeah. is a callback to the. Yeah, they just need to get yeah. that poem in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, uh, like the, I really that scene with the sister really bothers me. It's very and it bothering, feels, and I, I but and I feel like it's really also rooted in this idea of like this conflation of like gay men with pedophiles. With yeah, pedophiles. Oh, I sort of thought and, like, that that's too. like I feel like that is like the because horror movies are all about these sort of like playing into these sort of stereotypes and fears and sort of, I don't know, things that people are afraid of. And I think yeah. that like, that is a hundred percent what's going on in that moment. It's well, really it has like to be too, cause dark and, and ugly. Freddy Krueger, I mean, he's a character who is a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what his character is. Do they ever specifically say that? It's not like, it's, I it's think like, it's just kind of implied. It was something that I think they wanted to put in the first movie and pulled back and just called him like a child murderer. And yeah. I, think, I mean, you definitely like always get that impression. Yeah. I think in one of the, later sequels they pretty much confirm it's like oh yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's why we got that guy from little children to play him in the reboot yeah totally (laughs) yeah and i'm just gonna say one more time ice cream truck yeah. Uh, <laughs> but There's I, so many you know, ice cream really drivers out there. That, the, yeah. <laughs> the honorable ice cream truck drivers, they do a service to us. They drive to our streets with their bells. Yeah. In a filthy truck that lures <laughs> children with Finn haunting music. Yeah. You can buy drugs from them. <laughs> yeah. And so these two characters, they survive this. They get on the bus again. Oh, they, that's right. They talk yeah. about the birthday party. Be like, I'm sorry about your birthday party. And she's like, yeah, uh, better luck next year. Here. Like two people were murdered. <laughs> yeah, what the hell? That's, a, that's like the conversation you have if like the magician cancels. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it, I mean, I or feel like it's a cancel. bit of a callback to the first movie where like it's like the next day and everything's just like weirdly fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that even when his mom's sending him off to school. And he's like, well, I guess I've got to get back in there. And mom's like, oh, you. And it's like, what does she think happened? Like, yeah. he has like burns, it seems like, on his arms. Like, his, his whole his arms, like, yeah. all like taped up. Yeah. And Maybe he's a mummy. <laughs> even like the whole, I mean, does he ever take the school bus in reality anyway? Like, he has a car. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You're right. Right. So, the, the, like, the book ending school bus sequences, like, big, immediately, big that's, those are dreams. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They gotta be. And it's, I think it's interesting how, like, in the first one, we see him and he's, like, so uncomfortable and sweaty. And there's two girls on the bus with him uh-huh. that are, la- like, they're, they're making fun of him, right? And yeah. they're sort of, like, emasculating him. Uh-huh. And then they end up getting sort of, like, punished along with him when it goes, when it all goes to shit. Right. And then in the second one at the end, like, the, 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 the book ends of it, he's confident and happy and relaxed and having fun with, like, two girls who are right. like his friends now it's like yeah. an interesting flip of what we saw in, at the beginning yeah well, that's a nice arc too he like found kind of acceptance among like a peer group before he dies 
dies. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it also is a dream, right? If we're saying that he would only take the car. In Freddy reality. kills in dreams. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh. Or oh. outside of dreams, or I don't know. <laughs> Either way, uh, watch out. Okay, let's go around and say if we if we thought this movie was rewatchable, Rob. Well, I've only like really given it a good watch once, but you know, I found like with all the finger quote subtext right <laughs> in this movie like i found that there was like you know like a really intelligible story with like gave the characters a lot of depth and it also sort of like you know i sort of found like the protagonist more interesting than a, in some of the other like nightmare on elm street movies yeah. um, and also this is the only one with like a male protagonist which is like sort of different in a horror movie because you know men don't get to be like vulnerable in horror movies right right so i i thought it was really interesting and i liked it so i would probably rewatch it again sometime cool cool mm. what about you jan um yeah i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i kind of I mean, unless it's it's a more unfortunate parallel, like you guys were talking about, or whether it was supposed to be like a an empowering story. If if Freddy Krueger was was representing something like Robin, I took from it. I feel like I I do kind of enjoy the fact that this movie exists, just because it's right. it's insane. It has a conversation, that, like, and, yeah. yeah, it's insane that like a studio made this movie. Apparently unknowing. <laughs> yeah, the director didn't know. Like, that's the what director I didn't know. That's what I have a yeah. hard time believing. Like that. Although, was crazy. the writer was gay? Yeah, the writer. The writer was. I I couldn't find out if he was for sure gay, but he definitely said he put this in purposefully. And the way he talked about it made made it sound like he was gay because basically he had this idea for having Freddy have like a human avatar, mm-hmm. and then decided to like. I think he said something in the doc of like you know like at this time in like what eighty four, eighty five like. It was just about the time when, like, people were starting to be comfortable being openly gay in, like, in, like, the big cities and, like, cities where he – on the coasts, he said. Right. So it was, like – I it seemed like it was something he wanted to do as, like, something positive. And he said, yeah, he just, like, had this idea of to, like, mingle, like, this sexual frustration with this, like – Freddy Krueger idea that he had. He also, I don't think, was a screenwriter. I think they said he just like worked in like the film, that's like amazing. processing department <laughs> of the studio or something. And they wrote a script, and they were like, "Great, we need this. We need to get this movie out now because this because Nightmare on Elm Street made so much money." Now right. get back on that forklift. Yeah, and it was something. There was also something to the effect of New Line, who made it, didn't get a lot of the money from the first movie, but what they got from it was they owned the rights to the character. Oh. So as soon as it became a big hit, they were like, we need to capitalize on this like yesterday. Right. So they rushed this movie into and production. And they sure did. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. I don't think it's good. <laughs> but I think it's interesting. I do think the main actor is actually really good. And some of the things yeah. you were saying, Rob, I think, yeah, like having a, a horror characters male be vulnerable at this time i think was interesting and i think he's he's quite good i i just did want to mention they said in that doc that both brad pitt and christian slater auditioned for jesse oh wow that would have that would have been what a <laughs> world we would yeah, live in if, if that movie. was the case <laughs> but i thought that was interesting and i also like talking about the movie's positivity that actor who's making the doc i guess it was a really he views it as really positive. He says something in in the movie I watched saying it was he was revealing who he really was in the movie for the first time oh, as an nice. actor. Mm. Um, I'd also though I'd read that he'd maybe had a hard time with it because like he'd done a few movies before that where he played openly gay characters and he was sort of like starting to be known as openly gay and like 
I think, I don't think he, and you know, he says in that clip, like he didn't think that it was like a gay character or just like, you know, seemed like that was serendipitously. Well, so he think, didn't think it was written that way. Yeah. I think like at some point he didn't like it, but he sort of like maybe come back around to yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Because it's been like, you know, re-embraced. Totally. Yeah. And they like, they played, the, played this movie during Pride this last year, didn't they? At the Royal? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it has been kind of embraced yeah. to a certain extent. Like the uh, Babadook. Yeah, that's right. There's this whole gay horror thing. <laughs> but that was just yeah. like a silly accident. <laughs> so anyways, I don't, I don't know. I, I, it's a curiosity. Like, I think it's a movie that people should see, but I don't think it's a good movie. If that right. makes sense. That's, oh, that's I, true. and I did quickly want to mention also that at the end of that, uh, that segment about the movie that the writer said that someone sent him on cracked. Someone wrote an article about like secretly gay horror movies. And this was the number one entry. And he said he wears that like a badge of honor. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. I thought, yeah, oh man. Sure. I just want to write an article that is mentioned on like some DVD special features one day <laughs> by the guy I'm making fun of. <laughs> what about you, Johnny? I mean, I think like you've got a good point. It's maybe like a more interesting movie than it is a good movie. And in, and for being a horror movie, like I find it really not scary and it doesn't really have many moments of actual like suspense or terror which you generally like wouldn't be great for a horror movie but i do find it really fascinating to watch like i've seen it twice now i would totally see it again and i, I definitely see it as something that like i could see you kind of want to show it to people it's one of those things where you want to be like can you believe that this movie there's exists? a gay nightmare on elm street yeah and that then you're like oh and then yeah and that the people expect that that, that it will be subtle yeah and it's just so no overt yeah, I don't know. I think there's there's a there's just a lot about the movie that's really interesting. I, I like that it's this outlier in the franchise, and I know like the, there are nightmare fans who don't like it because they think that it, you know, doesn't really embrace the rules and or like the main continuity established in the rest of them. But I think there's something also a bit sort of like anachronistic about that, where it's like, well, you're looking at it after this whole franchise that's come after. Yeah. But at this point, there had only been one movie, and they decided to sort of take things in a very different direction, which I think is a way more interesting choice than a lot of horror sequels yeah. that tend to just be a rehash of what happened in the first one. Like, this is not that. Like They used to do that a lot. Like, you know, even with, like, uh, well, all of, like, the major franchises. The like second Chucky movie is, and, yeah. like, completely different. And then the third movie is always, like, a return to form and then, you know, gets stuck in, like, the tropes. That's where it, like, really develops the tropes. Not this Halloween. Is- Halloween, the third one, goes That's crazy. the big outlier, right. yeah. yeah. This is like the Super Mario Bros. 2 of <laughs> yes. the Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, well, it's all uh, yeah, dream. Totally. Yeah, for sure. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I think, yeah, the, the, the whole, the male um, protagonist in a horror movie is really interesting. And I think like so many of the times instead of, uh, in most slashers, you have a female protagonist. Usually the antagonist is a man. And it's kind of about like, what can this man do to you? And you're a victim. And he could like, what's what is he going to do to kill you or ruin your life? And because it's a male protagonist, the fear is actually like, what am I capable yeah. of? And what am I going to do to hurt other people? Which I think is like That's really scary. interesting as like a yeah. sort of a horror concept. Mm. There's so it's almost like a werewolf movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. the Hulk, yeah. Yeah, 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 totally. Oh like, yeah, the killer Dr. was me. Jackal, Mr. Hyde. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, so many horror movies have queer elements to them and have queer coded villains. You know, from your like Norman Bates to Buffalo Bill to like it's it's in so much of the DNA of horror. But usually, it's just an element that's inserted to like make a villain like a little weirder and a little more different. Yeah, well, we're it's in, supposed to be scary, mm-hmm. but I don't think that like. 
it's supposed to be scary in this movie. I mean, no, I don't think, think you're really just, supposed to notice subject. it unless you like know. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. is what the whole movie is about. It's not just like this little dash to make, you know, like like that you'd put in at a Disney villain to make them seem a bit campier. <laughs> like it's way it's way more than that. What I found too watching this watching it this time is I kept thinking about Twin Peaks. And especially, it's so funny. I almost said something about that earlier. Like Firewalk me with me. Yeah. Like I, his Jesse and Freddie's relationship is very Laura Palmer Bob. Yeah. And wow, it's I don't know. There's something also, there's something really about, that about that house that's very totally Palmer house. Yeah. <laughs> I just sure. kept thinking about it watching it watching it this time and that this sort of idea of like this malevolent entity that wants to sort of like. Like sort of like sexually possess you and make you kill people and like do evil things. It's really similar story. Freddy Krueger is way more Bob in this. The ending of this movie was just kind of a less subtle version of the end of the new (laughs) Twin Peaks. (laughs) 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 Kind of right, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even and like the scene where like the police show up and bring him home in the middle of the night is a bit Lost Highway, like with Balthazar Getty, like. All I'm saying is I'm pretty sure David Lynch stole his entire career from this film. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a big accusation. So, so you accuse Mr. Lynch. <laughs> so you're saying this is, this is rewatchable? Yeah. yeah. I've already, okay. re- like, I just rewatched it. Yeah. Okay. I would rewatch it again. All right. All right. Sweet. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd say it's kind of rewatchable if you watch it with a group of people and you look at it kind of academically. But, like, as a film, I don't think it's a great film. So in that way, I'd say it's not rewatchable Hmm. thank you so much for coming on the show johnny my pledge (laughs) (laughs) and doing like uh and doing you know giving the fans of the show what they wanted yeah which is nightmare on street too i thought you meant me well and you (laughs) and you we get we we get requests we also didn't mention that like all october we do we usually do halloween themed movies yeah this is the start of horror month yeah Yeah. (laughs) you can't go with a scarier pick (laughs) (laughs) And also, it's like a heat wave right now, so... Oh, my God. It doesn't feel like fall at all. Like, you should have a button that just, like, plays Jesse's scream as a sting for Horror Mom. You can just (laughs) constantly be like, ah! Oh, okay, we'll do that next week. Yeah, I get it. (laughs) It's such a good... It's a a a great scream. scream. I, like, I even wonder if it's his scream or whether they got, like, somebody else to do it, like Like an expert. A professional screamer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe... So <laughs> Wilhelm go, scream. You better yeah. name a professional screamer. Well, maybe like yeah. that guy from Wayne's World too. <laughs> I, you know, they get like um, what's that guy? The guy who does all the voices, Frank Welker. Frank Welker, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. I just learned that he was the voice of Cujo. I didn't realize that. <laughs> See, there you go. Wow. Or they would have done it like an amalgam of sounds. Like it would be like a like, lion, like a Jurassic tiger, Park. and like a pizza falling on the floor or something like that. <laughs> right. Okay, okay. Well, thank you so much for listening this week to Rewatchability. You can find us on rewatchability.com. You can go to iTunes and rate us out of five stars and leave a comment. That really helps people find the podcast. If you don't want to give us some money every month on patreon.com. That sounded like a threat. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or we'll enter your dreams. We'll crash your pool parties. (laughs) And that's at patreon.com slash rewatchability. And yeah, if you if you like the podcast and want to share it on Facebook, that would really help us out too. Thanks for listening. Hey. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 